Let's pray together. Thank you, God. Thank you for being so good to us. Even when times uh, are difficult, we still can know, see, and sense your goodness all around us. So we thank you with hearts of gratitude. The people of God gather this morning and say, thank you, Jesus. We admit, Lord, that we have been distracted this week, that at times the, uh, the little foxes in the vineyard have almost been too much. And so in prayer now, as we gather in worship, we just um, watch all those uh, distractions scatter away. All those little foxes just get on, get on out of the vineyard. Help us to enjoy your goodness. We pray you'd be our teacher today, Lord. You tell us that the Holy Spirit is the guide into all truth. And so um, we pray that you would lead us into uh, truth now. As you know, I just prayed, God, I pray that you would speak through me. You would speak through um, these holy words in the Bible. And you, you, God, I pray would work miraculous works in our hearts now. The healing that needs to take place, physical and spiritually. Um, the, the light that needs to be shined in some of our hearts that are so dark right now. Some of us need a glimmer of hope for a situation, a relationship. Some of us have a great need that needs to be met. We ask God that you would move now. Only you can. We trust you for what you're gonna do. And we promise praise you on the other side. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's good to see all of you. Welcome to Providence Church. My name's Jacob. I'm one of the pastors here. I know there are folks here for the first time and just want to say thanks for, for coming. I know it's a big deal to kind of come into a new place. So I hope you can take a breath and know uh, that you are most welcome, most welcome here today. Welcome our online uh, guest as well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we've had a great weekend here at Providence. One thing on my mind uh, coming up was, was just uh, giving thanks for our veterans on Veterans Day. It was Friday, and I know that uh, there's been many great celebrations. Uh, but I would love to, if, if you veterans, we have many veterans and active military folks uh, in, our, in our church. In fact, last night I was at a great wedding. I was sitting across from a boy who grew up in this church, and he is a fighter pilot in the Air Force and, like, instructs you know, he's the instructor. I'm like, you are top gun. And he's like, yeah. So, but anyways, uh, so cool just to see him grow and, and come to that place. But veterans, would you honor us uh, by, uh, let us honor you by standing and just letting us cheer for you and give thanks. Veterans here that are here today. So awesome. Yeah, we've had a lot, uh, a lot of great things going on. Last night we had 80 middle school and high schoolers that had a uh, lock-in. So if you see teenagers just sleeping anywhere in here today, uh, that's probably <laughs> what that is about. But they had a great, great time. And uh, we appreciate you parents who uh, allowed them to be 
uh, be a part of that. Hopefully this week, uh, many of you received a letter from me in the mail. Um, if you didn't, go back and check your big stack of mail you haven't opened yet. And uh, it's a letter we send every year, and it's just about financial giving to the church. So I'd love for you to read the letter. There's a card in there that is about giving next year. I'd love for you to read that, fill it out. And then next week in worship, our kind of our Thanksgiving service, uh, we'll bring those as an offering to God, and there'll be a way that you can offer that. And I'm just really grateful that you would give it that attention. Um, we don't often have to or need to ask for money here. Uh, it's so abundant. But this is an important part of our year where we think about what we're giving, we pray about it, and there's a great uh, intentionality and engagement that happens in that uh, for which uh, we are very, very grateful. So I just wanted you to check that letter and bring that back next week. Uh, I want to tell you a bit about Compassionate Hands, my T-shirt here. It's an amazing ministry in Wilson County that takes care of people who have been um, displaced for a while or without housing for a season or for a long time. And they house folks, uh, feed them, you know, give them a warm place. But it's a really holistic ministry that's seeking to get people back on their feet again. And last year, Compassionate Hands provided over 2,500 beds for about 150 people, our neighbors, people that live in our community that don't have housing. So it's a really important ministry. And before they had a building, they have a wonderful building now in downtown Lebanon. Uh, before they had, and you all gave $184,000 for the down payment so they could have, so we could have that building. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and just a sneak peek, our Christmas offering, which is always just an amazing thing, will be going to Compassionate Hands. Uh, you're going to be hearing why we believe in it so much. But before Compassionate Hands had a building, the area churches would house folks on different nights of the week. And we had men here that would stay here on Thursday and Friday nights. And from time to time, I would be one of the overnight hosts and would stay uh, overnight. And there was this one time a few years ago, right before uh, the pandemic uh, they, they, the guest came in and there was an older man, an older, older than usual that we had as guest. And I could tell that he did not feel well. You know, they, they're outside all day in the cold, just trying to get to get to this moment. And, you know, he just had that flushed, hot face. He had a cough. He went, came right in. They, people were actually helping him walk in and he laid down in the bed. It was about seven o'clock. He went to bed in the student room there. We have the cots and the beds out. And then when it, several hours later, when it sort of lights out time, everybody was winding down. Uh, he got up uh, to go to the restroom, and I, I ended up being the one that walked him down the hallway and kind of helped him get in there. And in the men's restroom, there's always this basket of things that you guys provided, just like toiletries that, that men might need. And uh, he noticed that there was a razor in there, and he asked me, he said, he said, can I have a shave? And I was like, yeah, man, for sure. And so I got him a chair so he could sit down and, uh, you know, the shaving cream and a razor and a towel. And I was making my way out of the restroom, and he said to me, he said, no, I need you to do it. And this dude had like a full beard. It, was, it wasn't like, you know, five o'clock shadow. It's like, and I don't really like touching people all that much, you know. It's like, this is not what I, what I signed up for. Our sinks in the bathroom, they're motion activated. And they, they I don't know if, and you put your hand under it, and then like, four drops of water come out, you know. It's like, how am I going to shave this guy? And so it took me almost an hour to cut his beard and shave his face. And, you know, we went through multiple of these disposable razors, you know. And when we were done, I looked at him in the mirror, and he looked really good. And that's what I remember him saying. He said, I look really good. I was like, you do, man. 
Uh, hang with me for just a moment, okay? I'm going to shift gears. Um, this picture is Rita Davis, and she is signing a beam in this room. Okay, This is this room before, as our church was being built. Um, it's actually in the very back of this room, uh, sort of where there's a storage area in the back. That's the beam that kind of separates it from the, from the front of the church. And Rita is a saint of this church, <laughs> if you know her. And she's writing God's word on the doorpost. And on the other side of the wall from that beam is the men's restroom. Where that man sat in a chair and got just a little bit of dignity restored. I called Rita yesterday to tell her I would be talking about her. And I reminded her that the verse that she wrote, I zoomed in on her in the picture. The verse that she wrote is, Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. All right, y'all going to just hang with me, okay? This is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your kids. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So here's what, the, here's what we're supposed to do with the word of God. Put it on your heart. Press it on your children. Talk about it at home. Talk about it when you go on walks. Talk about the word of God when you get up. Tie it on your hands. Bind it on your foreheads. Write it on the doorpost. I don't like to shave other men's faces. I've done it one time. But when you stand under the word of God, you will do things you never thought you would do. When the word of God is over you, you may not even know that it's hovering over you. But its impression will move you to do things that you would never choose to do on your own. There are two core needs that people have when they find themselves in vulnerable, scary, uh, uh, unexpected situations. And they are provision and protection. Okay? Provision and protection. That's what Compassionate Hands does. It's, it, it's provision and protection. The gentleman that I met that night found provision and protection, which allowed him to step into something else, which is called prosperity. But without provision and protection, you never step into what these verses in Deuteronomy are all about, writing the words on the doorpost. Without provision and protection, you never realize the prosperity that God is wanting to give you. And by prosperity, I'm not just talking about a bunch of coins in your pocket or your bank account being filled. What this is talking about is the prosperity of blessing. The blessing that comes when the word of God is over you, in you, in your kids, in your house, on your walks, on your doorposts. So um, prosperity is great, what we call blessing, but there's no prosperity without provision and protection. And these verses, that's what they're all about. So here's the questions that, that provision asks. Provision asks, are we going to have what we need to get through this? So if you've been wondering that, pay attention. That's what, that's what provision is asking. Am I going to have what I need? And protection asks, much simpler, are we going to be okay? Or another way of saying it is like, are we going to make it? So if you've been asking that question, am I going to make it? Are we going to be okay? Uh, pay attention. 
So those are the questions that all of us gathered here ask in some way or another in the course of every week. Am I going to have what I need? And am I going uh, to make it? But I want to share with you just for a few moments about the original context of this verse, which was the people of God who were in the wilderness uh, and what those questions may have meant to them. So just uh, let, me, let me share that with you for a moment. So these are the people who had been released from slavery. Uh, they're in the wilderness. They've gone through the Red Sea. They have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that tells them where to go. There's lots of cool stuff happening. Um, but they come to this, um, this place where they, they're asking these questions. So here it is uh, boiled down. Provision for the people of God in the wilderness was shown through bread. All right, this is going to be kind of a weird, the sermon's going to be a bit weird for a bit, okay? So just hang, I know I've said hang with me a few times, so I'm going to stop doing that. Will y'all just hang with me for a moment? Okay. Provision was shown through bread, specifically bread from heaven. And protection was shown through blood, specifically the blood of the lambs on their door frames. So. When the people of God went through the Red Sea, amazing, released from slavery. Okay, great. Well, they got out there. They had nothing to eat. And they're, they're asking Moses, like, what's the deal? We thought we were following God. They actually said, weren't there enough graves back in Egypt? You brought us out here in the wilderness to die. We at least had meat to eat back in Egypt. And so um, Moses goes to God and he says, God, these, the people are upset. We don't have anything to eat. And God says, the next morning, I'll take care of you. And so the next morning on the ground... Their babies' bellies are rumbling. They're in their tents. They're holding their spouse's hand. They get up. God said he was going to provide. They walk out. And on the ground, like snow, like dew, is bread. Just bread on the ground. Bread from heaven. And God ended up doing that every day. <laughs> every day that they were in the wilderness. Actually, there was one day he didn't, but he told them to get store up two, two days' worth on that day. So bread from heaven. Here's the verse. The Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. That's the bread. The blood story is a different story. Like really different. Different from anything you've ever heard. It's referenced in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when it's talking about writing the doorpost, God's word on the doorpost. And it says, uh, your son is going to ask you, why are you doing that? Your son's going to ask you, why are you always talking about the word of God? Your son's going to ask you, why are you impressing this on me? And this is the answer we're supposed to give our sons our daughters, when they ask us, what's up with all this God stuff, okay? Tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. The people of God were slaves for generations, and God told Moses to get them out. But Moses couldn't convince the Pharaoh he did all these tricks. He did all these things. He could not convince Pharaoh to let the, um, the economy generating slaves to leave his governance, right? He couldn't convince him. And so there became these great and very terrible signs. In the Old Testament, they're called plagues. And there were 10 of them that happened to Egypt in that time. The, whole, the water in the Nile River turned to blood, frogs, gnats. Flies, the livestock died, skin boils, hail, locust, utter darkness. And then the last one was the absolute worst thing you could ever think of. And that was the killing of every firstborn child. Everyone from Pharaoh on down. And the people of God, I'm just telling you what the Bible says, okay? The people of God were spared 
because they put the blood of lambs on their doorposts that when the angel of death made his way through the camp, he passed over the homes of the ones that had blood on the doorpost. That's why it's called the Passover, still today called the Passover. Protection. And so every year, just imagine if that happened to us, right? How terrible it would be, but we were spared. Every year, the parents and the grandparents would tell their kids about it. They would celebrate the whole thing, put blood on their doorpost so the children would not forget what God did. So we all say, whew. We, what does this have to do with us? We are looking for provision and protection, but what we need is spiritual provision and protection. We have, in many ways, a lot of our needs met. A comfortable room, pastor with a great sweater. You know, there's all, I mean, what else could you want? But we actually need a lot spiritually. In many ways, we're hungering and thirsting spiritually. In many ways, we feel unsafe, unprotected spiritually. And so we ask, will we have what we need to get through this? You may ask, do I have what I need to get through this season? You might also ask, are we going to be okay? And the answer is yes and yes. (laughs) But here's what we need. We need bread and blood. Bread and blood. Pretty weird. We do not get up in the mornings and find bread on our lawns. I don't think, right? We don't walk out and see, oop, God did it again. There, I've got it. But God is doing things like that to show us if our eyes are open, that there's actually things God is doing every day right in front of us to show the provision. But we might wonder, where is our bread? And so this happened in the Bible many hundreds of years after the traveling Israelites. There was another group of Jews. They were following a rabbi named Jesus out into the wilderness. And they asked Jesus uh, this question. They said, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? And then they went on to say, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So you see what they're saying? They're saying to Jesus, we've heard the cool stories. We've heard about the bread on the ground. Where's our bread? Where's our bread? They were just simply asking Jesus, when are we going to get our bread from heaven? And Jesus changed the whole game. (laughs) I mean, Jesus changed. This is a moment. Jesus changed the world when he said, oh, you want bread? I'm the bread. This got Jesus killed, by the way. After this, it said many of his disciples deserted him. They couldn't handle the weird talk about body being bread and his blood being something that they would drink. It's kind of weird. But Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So where is our bread from heaven? Who is our bread? Jesus is the bread from heaven. He is our provision. Hang with me, okay? (laughs) Who is our lamb? Well, the scriptures tell us that in the first chapter of John, when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming down in the Jordan, he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We might get kind of used to that statement if you've heard it before, but it was really a crazy weird statement to say. He's talking about his cousin, and everybody knows that he's saying that man who's walking down here is the one who represents the ultimate sacrifice that God is going to make to take away our sins. No longer will we put blood on our doorpost. We have this guy. We have Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we're told that us Christians, Jesus is our Passover lamb and he has been sacrificed. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is referred to as the lamb who sits upon the throne. 
all these connections are really important. And they're really important for us to talk about, even though we're kind of connecting all these different parts of the scripture together. Meaning understanding about manna and Jesus, Jesus claiming to be bread and understanding that God freed the people of Israel with lamb's blood on the doorpost, even though I don't completely understand that story, but that then Jesus is called the lamb of God and he sacrifices his life on the cross and there's blood. And then in the end times, Jesus is going to be looked at as and called the lamb of God who sits upon the throne. It's very important for us to know those things because spiritual provision and protection is passed down through us. Now, provision and protection comes from God, but the way it gets to us, we are recipients of those people who before us kept telling their children about this, kept impressing it upon their hearts. That's why you being here is so important on a random Sunday in November, because we're a part of the lineage because it's passed down to us, and then we have to pass it down to our children Just like Moses was saying, impress this on your kids. Talk about it in your house. Talk about it when you go to bed. Talk about it when you get up. Talk about it when you go on a walk. And then he tried to think like, how could I explain this? Put it on your hands, put it on your forehead, put it on your doorpost. And it's this dramatic thing, the importance of having it there. And it's because we are the ones who pass it down. It is why I think that the mission of Jesus Christ Church, even a local church like Providence, I believe that the mission of the church is the most important work in any community, in any marketplace, and in any nation. It's the most important work that can be done in a land is to do this. (laughs) Hang with me. Because it is about the family understanding who they are. Your family, uh, if you're a single person, you as an individual, but also this family. You're like, I don't even know all these folks. Of course not, but we're the family of God. And so we remind ourselves of this because true provision for our community, for our nation, for our land, true provision will not come through social services. We need them. We give to them. It's awesome. We give a bunch, right? True protection will not be found in having enough armed guards Um, posted at our schools or even at our church house. I'm for that. When people started shooting up churches, I said, I wanted to do everything we can to protect this place. But spiritually, what the church is doing, what Christians, what the disciples of Jesus in this land are doing will be the thing that ushers in true provision and protection for a community. I sincerely believe that. I'm giving my life for it, and I know you are too. For instance, the turkey drop, turkey drop, you know, 500 families that don't have Thanksgiving meals coming, 500 families within driving distance of this church will have on Thanksgiving a full bountiful Thanksgiving meal. What will that feel like? Bread from heaven. Whoa, that just showed up. How'd that come here? Soldier's Child, which is a ministry we'll be partnering with in a couple weeks, is for children whose mother or father were killed in active military service. And they come here. In this room, we have a huge party. Radio stations are here. There's all kinds of great stuff happening. But on Christmas morning, grandparents or a widow or a widower will sit while their kids have all this good stuff because the church of Jesus said they matter. We have 150 students at Rutland Elementary that we'll be sponsoring in the next few weeks. 150 kids who live in the houses that you can see outside these windows. Our kids, our neighbors, 
150 whom you will provide what they need for Christmas, their school clothes, the games they want, the toys they want. And there's a week in December when the guidance counselors of the public school come and set up shop in our room over here filled with toys and parents come dignified. Nobody notices. We stay out of the way. They get to come in and get the gifts for their kids and on Christmas morning have what all the other kids in the area have. Bread from heaven. I told you we were going to give to Compassionate Hands in December. We're also giving to a place called Barry Tatum Academy. That's our second recipient. Barry Tatum Academy is the alternative school and adult uh, learning school in Wilson County. It's an amazing thing. There's all these folks who didn't make it through high school and didn't get a GED, adults who are going back to school. And we're going to be a part of throwing them a huge graduation. Celebrate them. Celebrate who they are. Celebrate what God is doing. We're going to build a pavilion outside of the alternative school for kids who've just had stuff go on in different kinds of ways that are at this different school. Some of them are our students. This isn't like us and them, okay? It's us. But we're going to create this outdoor pavilion so they can have a cool place and a, a way to learn in a different way. We're going to get a washer and dryer there. We're going to stock the, pl- the place with clothes and with food because... We are a part of a spiritual work that always has physical ramifications. If all we focus on is doing these physical things, we'll miss that we're actually a part of the greatest spiritual work that God is doing, which is the redemption of the land, (laughs) bringing God's kingdom into into Mount Juliet, Tennessee. It's crazy. It's weird. What words would we use to even understand it? How could God get it? It boggles our mind. And, and so he gives us these images like bread. Remember, way a long time ago, the people had bread on the ground. Well, now you have bread on the ground. How, God? Through Jesus Christ, he's the bread of heaven. Uh, we're like, but what about protection? How are we going to be protected? I don't even understand that Passover story. It, it, I don't get it, God. I don't understand. And he says, we don't, you don't need that. There will, there will be no more you know, killing like that that is the sacrifice sacrifice of Jesus once and for all. His blood, it's startling. It's a bit offensive, but it gets our attention and we begin to live into the mystery of the spiritual realms. When the man who is our guest from Compassionate Hands got a place of provision and protection, then he could step into prosperity. But that started, I just realized it, you know, that moment started with the prayers of St. Rita of Providence. Faithful saint, servant, who knows the word of God and put it on the doorpost over the men's restroom. That's pretty weird and wonderful and beautiful and a blessing. So what I want to do this morning is pray over you. I consider that a great privilege And I just, as your pastor, I just want to pray over you. I want to pray for your your kids that you're worried about. I want to pray for their protection when they're out on the roads. We want to pray for them at Barry Tatum Academy and Lebanon High School and MJCA and Rutland and all the schools. I I want to pray for your grandkids, you grandparents who look at your kids and think, they don't know how to raise kids. We're going to have to pray for them, okay? I want to pray for your healing. I just want to pray over you. So um, I want you to pray with your eyes open, all right? And we've got some images just from that day when we put the um, scriptures all over the place. And I want you to see them and just receive them. But 
but spiritually begin to connect with the idea that all throughout this room, there is the word of God. This whole stage is covered with uh, the writings of young people and old people who wrote scriptures and prayers. The whole building, down the kids' hall, in the lobby, it's all over this place. So just kind of let God do a spiritual work in us as we sit under the word of God, meaning it's literally over us, but we're also being obedient to what God said for us to do. Let us pray. God, we consider what it means to sit in a place where you dwell, the prayers of little boys are around us. Your word written on the doorpost, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I thank you for the privilege now of praying over the church. We pray for our children. They live in an age that's different than anything we've ever experienced where the forces of evil are trying to do their tricks like they always have, but where we claim God always prevails. So we pray for our kids. I pray for the parents who are worried about their kids. A health issue, friend thing, depression, great disappointment in a house. We pray spiritually, God, that you would work in our homes. Pray for the grandparents who are praying for their grandkids, who sincerely love their kids and want to help in any way they can. We pray for the next generations of our local church and our community will be people who have a heart focused on Jesus and who love God and who seek to serve him. We pray uh, if there were to be change or um, transformation in our community and our nation, that it would begin with us, the way we love the way we seek after you, the way we share your word. I want to pray protection, Lord, just protection over our local schools, protection over the churches. Thank you for the amazing churches in our area. So many pastors and congregations that love the Lord and are serving faithfully together. We pray over the health care um, facilities. We pray over nursing homes. We pray over the places where people are lonely. We pray over our homes. Sometimes I don't really know even what to ask for, God, but we know that that you give, the Spirit gives us utterance when we, we don't know what to say. So just hear it. Hear the hearts of your people now, Lord. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Amen.